0: Welcome, oh listener mine. Good to see you again. If this is your first encounter with Loremind, then let me give you a brief introduction. This podcast is an ancillary section of the Another Destiny podcast network. The main podcast features myself, Newt, and Starlight, and it's your hub for all things Destiny. You know, the TWAB, our personal experiences in the game, general ramblings, and tidbits of lore, courtesy of myself. Loremind, however, is purely for lore. Specifically, I read lore books word-for-word in a method similar to reading bedtime stories. My goal is to bring the lore of Destiny to you, the listener, in an easy-listening, casual sense. None of this would be possible without my co-host ADP Newt, who edits and compiles all the raw audio that I give him. I just talk into a microphone, and he does all the hard work. That, uh, that about covers it. Now. Aspect. We first saw this lore book drop in the Season of Undying, in which the Vex launched attacks from the Black Garden, the supposed birthplace of our robotic enemies. We would complete this lore book by working through the Vex Offensive, which was the seasonal activity around that time. I personally didn't read this lore book until much later, and it ensnared my curiosity like sentient vines working their way through a garden. I was hooked when I realized who this book was centered around. In time, you too will realize the implications of this lore book. All I will tell you right now, oh listener mine, is that this book has ties to the Black Garden and the Vault of Glass, the fulcrum point of all realities, a testing ground for the ontological weapons of the Vex. But enough on that. You're here to listen to me talk about lore, and that's exactly what I plan on doing. My name is the Colossus, and this is Lore Mind. Realis The undying mind lies in the garden, a ruin of metal given over to greenery, a barrow rising out of black soil rich with nitrogen and thought. Everything in the garden becomes of the garden, eventually. Shed leaves decompose and fertilize the soil. So do the bones and unspoken ideas of everyone who couldn't find the end of the maze. So do the wordless songs of the vexed gardeners. They walk between the leaves, encouraging growth. "'laying down their bronze pathways, the only straight lines in all the garden's tangles. "'The vex weave themselves into the garden, and the garden returns the favour. "'Harpies patrol in the air, as goblins do on the ground, "'their veins wafting in the still air on their endless, untiring rounds. "'The pathways lie dull against granite. "'No power runs through them, not since the heart stopped beating. "'But the vex of the Sol divisive have programmed themselves to worship the darkness.' It has given them power before, and the vex understand time. What has happened before is, somewhere, still always happening. What will happen is happening now. Soil that lies fallow for a season will recover and produce again. Power that wanes will wax again, if the ground is ready for it. The harpies stop where they are, a shudder running through each of them in order from one end of the garden to the other. A flicker. A wash of power, coming from somewhere distant. A pulse. The power it carries lights up the pathways. The mind's eye blinks for a bare moment under its blanket of lichen. The power passes through the garden, overruns the vex machinery within it, floods the network beyond it. A moment held, like the shore after the tide rushes out. Boats of something that isn't dust shake in the air. The bronze pathways hum, a counterpoint to the goblin's song. And the garden's door vibrates with them. Mirative. He's had this hallucination before. It's not that good, as hallucinations go. Pratith's radio is talking to him, voices rising out of the static. He wishes it had at least used a familiar voice, a Pahanan or Teiko or Kabir. He'd even take a mirror at this point. He turns his head towards the radio. His cheek scrapes against granite. It hurts vaguely, the same way everything does, muffled by too much time and not enough light. You said that already, he tells the hallucination helpfully. It squawks. I did? When? Last time, or the time before. Chronology is a lost art in this cell alert spelunker's contact band 227.97 something something sky shock potential his voice fades it hurts to talk say again the hallucination has a new voice this time sharper male nearly mirrorish the band number praedith rolls back over to face the ceiling blank as always he sighs he's cataloged constellations in his speckles cats and ghosts and a squid or two excuse me whoever you are the first voice is back Recalling from band 227.17. If you were contacted by another 227 group, we really need to know. He said that last time, too. A third voice interrupts. Did the other group use this radio frequency? They did. Praetith hasn't had the strength for fiddling with his radio lately, in new attempts to contact the world outside this cell. Hasn't had the strength for much but counting off meanless intervals of time, waiting for the next window to chance a message. We've tried this frequency at least a dozen times over the past month. It's never worked before. Hmm, then what's changed? The question shakes him out of his torpor. Praetith sits up, a wave of nausea following, and he repeats the question out loud. Maybe it's not a hallucination. Maybe he's finally breached the walls of the vault somehow. Maybe he has a chance. Hello? Are you still there? All he gets back is a wash of static. Whatever signal he was picking up, it's gone. Nomic he is he is not he is walking in the garden he is talking silent singing k k v v v v v watch your six don't worry about me grow 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 he holsters his gun to gesture he holsters his gun to drink his gun is rusted into its holster and he will never pull it out again how bad can it be how bad can it how can we grow 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 A titan is a wall, a shield, a cup, filling itself to overflowing. The container changes the shape of its contents, but the contents change the nature of the container, and the nature is eternity. Who knows what's listening? It's listening. It's saying, grow, grow, grow. There is a shape that is his mind, and the shape is protect, the shape is sacrifice, the shape is grow. V, 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 V. He was named too well, he is his own grave, and the cut on his left hand will never heal. Epistemic. Praetith has watched from his cell for longer than he knows how to quantify, sitting inside, looking out. He's seen so many different timelines. There's no way to know which are real. From a certain point of view, they might all be. Some things he recognizes. He sees the traveler often, though he can't feel its light through the bars of his cage. Sometimes it hangs over a city so familiar it makes his heart ache. Sometimes it hangs in an alien sky, and foreign shapes make airy loops around it. Ghosts of unrecognizable make. Some visions he gets once, while some come back over and over again. One recurring image. A piece of the traveler cracked off from its body, lying belly up in a forest, with a small figure standing in front of him. The figure changes every time, but the sickly glow of the traveler doesn't. Once, he sees a vision of himself. Straight-shouldered, warm in the Martian sun, standing between Kabir and Pahanan. Kabir's helmet is familiar. It's one Praetoth helped make. He was a defter hand with spinfoil lamination than Kabir ever was. Kabir had worn that helmet barely five years into their life as a fire team, worn it for six straight months, till he cracked it in half in the crucible. That vision makes Pradith weep. Desiccated as he is, he didn't think he had it in him. The vault shows him Mercury again and again, recognizable only thanks to the scale of the sun in the sky. Sometimes there's rubble hanging in space, a planetary ring still forming. Sometimes there's nothing but rubble, and when he turns, he doesn't see any of the other planets in the system. Gone, somehow. Eaten down to the crumbs. Praetith wouldn't mind those visions so much if he could only feel the warmth of that colossal sun. His hands are always cold, here in the vault. He sees waves of aliens across the solar system's threshold, emerging into the light from outside the heliopause. Some of them travel with the air of eager, conquering armies, paint fresh and banners snapping. Some of them move as if they're on the run from something behind them, out in the galactic dark. He watches the movements of the Vex. He learns to tell them apart, the shining silver ones, the brass ones with back-swept horns, the ones with eyes glowing white. Occasionally, scattered among them, are pockets of Vex stained with vertigris, their arms trailing shawls of moss. All the other Vex keep away from those ones. Twice, he's seen other Vex fight the mossy ones. It looks like the other Vex are frightened of them as much as Vex can be. Some timelines have veils drawn over them, a darkness too thick to see through. They push back against Praedith's sight, resisting. All the timelines he sees could be true for some living thing. He doesn't know which are true for him. He doesn't know if that's a meaningful question to ask. He asks it anyway, and he keeps looking. There's no reason not to. (laughs) He's got all the time in the world. So, Praedith, the named warlock of the first Vault of Glass fireteam, a paradoxical name that shouldn't exist, the only remnants that show he ever might have existed were two items from Destiny 1. Praedith's timepiece, a legendary arc pulse rifle, and Praedith's revenge, a legendary void sniper rifle, both of which are obtainable from the Vault of Glass raid. Up until Shadowkeep and Season of Undying, Praedith was thought to be a myth, a mystery erased from all time and memory. Now, we see that isn't the case. Pratith survived somehow, and has clearly been communicating with somebody, or multiple somebodies, outside of the vault. He seems to believe they are hallucinations brought on by his time spent in his cell in the vault, until the voices act in a way that undermines his original theory. Another thing to note is that the Gnomic section seems to be told from his personal point of view how his memories are fracturing around him into multiple different timelines, mostly the same, but just slightly different in one detail here or there. Regardless, oh listener mine, I hope you enjoyed this episode of LoreMind. If you have enjoyed it, give us a shout. You can find myself on Twitter. My handle is at ADPColossus. You can also use the hashtag LoreMind to tell me your thoughts, theories, comments, or really anything like that. I just love to hear from you guys. Love talking to people about lore, honestly. Just Destiny in general. It's a great time talking to people about this. So yeah, give us a shout. You can also find the flagship podcast on Twitter. The handle is at Podcast Destiny, where you will find posts ranging from important streaming times and information to, you know, general ship posts. Well, I mean, it's mostly myself and Starlight that do the ship posting. Newt's the actual professional one on Twitter. So, yeah, he handles the ADP mothership account. So, yeah. All the links will be below in the description. Uh, But once again, thank you for joining me and Eyes Up Guardian. Pray to the story isn't over.